How's it going, Longhorn Nation? Welcome to Texas Talk, your one-stop shop for everything involving Texas Longhorns football. I'm your host, Ryan McLoon, and it is Thanksgiving morning, Thursday, November 23rd. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you kind of tuning in here. Before we get into the podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you're listening. Also, more importantly, tell your friends and family about us. After that, make sure to check out our website, texas-talk.com. On the website, you'll be able to find the Longhorns updated roster, depth chart, the 2023 recruiting class, transfer portal additions and departures, any trending news, plus our analysis on the team. So be sure to check all of that out. The link to the website will be in the podcast description. All right, let's get into it. Thanksgiving morning, we're going to make it pretty, pretty quick podcast, kind of like last week, weird week for us. Um, we're just kind of going to go off the dome here. Iowa State game, um, good to see kind of Texas take care of business there. It was ugly. It wasn't exactly, you know, kind of the blowout that I'm sure every Longhorn fan was kind of hoping for. College football playoff committee continues to, in my opinion, disrespect Texas and the schedule that they had in favor of teams like Oregon, who really haven't done anything this year except for beat bad teams well, get style points that way, and lose a close game on the road to an undefeated Washington team. That's really Oregon's resume. Uh, resume right now. Texas, meanwhile, goes into Tuscaloosa, beats Nick Saban's Alabama Crimson Tide handily by 10 points, double-digit win in Tuscaloosa. It was week two. It was a long time ago. Apparently, the college football playoff committee just doesn't really care about that win so much anymore. And I'm getting a little bit nervous that if Texas wins out, they're still kind of not in control of their own destiny, that they're going to need a Florida State, a Washington, an Oregon to drop a game to jump in to the college football playoffs, four-team playoff this year. To me, I I just hate that. Um, Like I mentioned, Texas has an incredible non-conference win in Tuscaloosa, but their conference schedule hasn't been great They do have that loss to Oklahoma. In my opinion, though, if you're looking at losses, you got to look at kind of what what happened in that game, in that Oklahoma game. It's a rivalry game. You know, both teams are probably going to be playing at their peak efficiency. Well, Texas wasn't, if you watch the game. They just simply were not in it in the first quarter and a half of that game. And Oklahoma punched them in the mouth quickly. Texas kind of fights back, takes the lead, or yes, takes the lead. And it takes Oklahoma going basically the full length of the football field. Last second touchdown to win the game. To me, it's a loss on the loss sheet, but in the, playoff committee that's that's about as you know good of a loss as as you can have except for two you know a top five opponent which Oregon has 
aside from that, though, I mean, with the Alabama win, with the win um, against Kansas State, um, and, you know, win against Kansas as well, honestly, before that Oklahoma game, those are all really impressive wins. Seeing how Wyoming has been this year, really hard-nosed, tough out every single week. Rice even being a really good uh, team, which they haven't been in the past. And this is Rice with JT Daniels. So overall, I, I just think that Texas deserves to be in regardless of that one loss to Oklahoma in a rivalry game again, neutral field. I, I just think that that means more than than what Oregon has kind of put on right now. But, you know, Oregon's getting those style points. I can't tell you if Texas is better than Oregon or not. Uh, I'd actually, I think that would be a really interesting game. Um, I don't know how it would happen. The, the bowl games would have to make that happen some way or another. But either way. I kind of just think that Texas needs to get in, into this college football playoffs if they win these last two games and are Big 12 champions. There's a lot, lot of football left to be played, though. And the bad part for Texas also is that if they beat Texas Tech and then they beat either probably Oklahoma State looks like the most likely opponent, those are still not really impressive wins for a resume for Texas. Um, at the end of the year. So it's it, it might be frustrating for Longhorns fans. So just kind of brace yourselves for that. In my opinion, though, Texas should really be in it over a team like Oregon, unless, of course, Oregon does end up beating Washington in the Pac-12 championship. But even then, I think Texas has an argument with that win over Oak, uh, Alabama kind of on their resume as well. and. Looking at the Pac-12, a lot of these teams we thought were going to be good really are not. Can you confidently say that USC, Utah, um, Oregon State, can you say that these teams are head and shoulders better than teams like Kansas State, Kansas, um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State? I really can't. I I, I think that they're pretty equal. Um kind of tiered teams there. Maybe one is better than the other slightly, but I would say that they're all roughly around at one score game if Vegas was to um, kind of put a spread on it. I, I think they're all within seven points of each other. So I don't know. To me, I just think that this Texas team has played really, really resilient all season long. And I think that's an impressive mark for college football team as well. You know, most years college football teams drop. Um, we see it every single year. A top 10 team just drops a game for, you know, no reason except for, for chaos's sake. And this year, Texas just has not done that. They lost the one to Oklahoma and that's it. So uh, still two games left to be played though. Obviously those two games will be huge for Texas to even have a chance at being in the college football playoff and probably even in the New York Six Bowls. Uh, if they drop both of these last two, we could see Texas even fall out of the New York Six Bowls. So really, really big games. And 
after that Iowa State win, we saw a ton of celebration from the fans mostly, but also from the locker room. Uh, Iowa State was chirping this Texas team before the game. Texas responded really strongly, and, uh, you know, we saw some celebrating, and that's great, but I hope that wasn't too much celebrating, and they are ready for this Joey McGuire-led Texas Tech Red Raiders team because it's not a great team. Uh, A lot of people thought that this Texas Tech team was going to be a dark horse in the Big 12. I never understood that level of hype. I thought it was always kind of if there was going to be a dark horse, it was going to be the Kansas Jayhawks and Lance Leipold. And I think I kind of read that one a little bit more correctly than other people did. Um, But enough patting on the back here. Texas Tech does uh, prove to be a bad matchup for what this Texas defense does. This Texas defense with Pete Kwiatkowski this year has been brutal, absolutely brutal at stopping quick crossing routes over the middle of the field and tempo. And that is exactly what Texas Tech uh, does on the offensive side of the ball. This year, they've also been elite at running it. Uh, Taj Brooks, their running back, is in the Doak Walker Award semifinals. Not sure he's going to get it, but even still, he provides Texas Tech with some balance. I think that this is actually a good matchup for Texas. Texas is an elite run defense. I think that they're fine there. What worries me is that tempo in those crossing routes that Zach Kitley, Texas Tech's offensive coordinator, loves to run. Pair that with Baron Morton, now kind of growing into his own as the kind of true starter for Texas Tech finally after backing up and coming in for Tyler Shuck uh, last year and this year. Now this is Baron Morton's team. Zach Kitley kind of finding his groove at the Power 5 level in his second year, um, coming up from Western Kentucky before going to Texas Tech last year. This matchup really scares me, and Texas is going to have to be on their absolute A game to win this game Friday night, 630 on the 40 acres. So really, really interesting matchup. And like I said, Texas needs to bring their A game because Texas Tech does what Texas struggles with well, really, really well, especially the tempo on offense. So it's kind of all I have on previewing the game and kind of where the college football playoff committee lands with Texas. Sure, style points would be nice, but if we're being honest, I don't really care about style points. I know the committee does, but Texas coming out with a win on Friday night, that is more than good enough for me. And winning the Big 12 then after that, more than good enough for me. If Texas gets kind of screwed by the college football playoff committee, you know, that's going to stink. That's going to be terrible. But, um, you know, might as well go out dominating the Big 12, you know, after everybody had uh, Texas number one on their list all season long. Uh, Awesome to see that Texas has been taking care of business. They got one game left to go, and then after that, hopefully one more game left to go. So Texas Tech 
tough, tough game, tough matchup for Texas defensively, offensively. I think Texas should be able to kind of do whatever they want. We talked a little bit about it last week, though, and this, as we get later and later into the season, it does scare me. There is a freshman wall that everybody sees. Um, and if Cedric Baxter kind of hits that wall in this game, I'm a little nervous on Texas being able to run the ball effectively. Jadon Blue is great as well. Uh, maybe we see a little bit more of him if Seaforge just doesn't really have that extra gear that we've seen from him uh, earlier in the season. Another thing we might see, I think we might see Jatavion Sanders finally start to get back into this offense as he gets more and more healthy. Let's talk about the best bets of the week for me. Game number one uh, is TCU at Oklahoma. Imani Bailey, TCU's running back, we're going to have over 88.5 rushing yards. Only a half a unit on it, but Oklahoma's run defense has been bad, straight up bad, ever since the Texas game. Um, I don't know how Texas didn't take more advantage of that run defense, but everybody since then uh, has been able to take advantage of that Oklahoma run defense. TCU is going to be no exception. They're going to be able to run the ball well. Um, not sure if they're going to be able to win the game or even cover, but Monty Bailey over 80 and a half rushing yards. I like it. I think it's a little high. That's why we're only going to put a half a unit on it. This late in the season, as I say past couple weeks, we're just going to be a little bit more conservative. We are already up 5.97 units, basically six units on the year. We're up to 54% on the year. We went four wins, two losses last week. One of the losses was uh, Kansas Moneyline plus 300. We only put a quarter of a unit on it. So we had a great week last week. And like I said, um, we're just going to stay a little bit conservative here, especially with the player props. Um, I don't like to do them, but... This card was honestly hard to make because there's so many huge lines um, out there this week in Big 12 play. I'd much rather just go into a specific matchup, and that's TCU's run game versus Oklahoma's poor, poor run defense. So, Amani Bailey over 88.5 rushing yards. That game is going to be 11 a.m. Friday, so nice and early for us there. Uh, next game, we're gonna, we talked about it, and I kind of alluded to it a little bit, Texas Tech at Texas. Talked about Jatavion Sanders getting a little bit more healthy here. We're going to have Sanders going over two and a half catches. Uh, I couldn't find this on DraftKings or FanDuel. I could only find it on ESPN Bets, uh, minus 106. Pretty good odds, so that means they're kind of leaning on him to have under two and a half catches. I think that they haven't really been preparing for Jatavion Sanders to that he was injured. I don't think they really kind of registered that. So I feel like if Jatavion Sanders gets a little bit more healthy, he's going to be featured more because, like I said, this Texas run game, I'm not sure if it's going to be firing on all cylinders. Maybe it will be, but I think Sanders being such a mismatch 
Steve Sarkeesian is going to be in his bag as a play caller because he's going to have to be. He was last week as well. We saw it uh, at Iowa State in Ames. I think we'll see it again this week. And uh, Sarkeesian loves to use his tight ends. That's why I kind of love the Jatavion Sanders over two and a half catches. Again, though, only a half a unit. Um, It's short odds for a reason. So we're going to be a little bit conservative there. Same game, Texas Tech at Texas. Talked about this Texas run defense being elite. Taj Brooks under 103.5 rushing yards. So Texas just can't allow Taj Brooks to basically be a 100-yard rusher. I think Texas has only let one or two teams all year get over 100 rushing yards. One of those was Dylan Gabriel for Oklahoma. I think Texas is going to do a good job containing Taj Brooks this week. That is minus 115 at DraftKings. We're only going to put a half a unit on that as well. Uh, FanDuel had some wacky odds. It was it was 99.5 for the same odds. Um, if you like the over, if you want to fade me here, go on to FanDuel and bet that over because you'll get a free four and a half yard or four yards for you know basically no additional charge. So just a little bit of a tip for you there. But we're gonna take the under there, so we want the higher number under 103 and a half rushing yards for Taj Brooks. Last best bet of the weekend, we have Kansas at Cincinnati. You know what we're doing here. We're taking the Jayhawks minus six and a half. Should have bet it earlier in the week. I saw it on Tuesday at minus six and a half, minus 110. Now it's Kansas minus seven. So we're going to buy the hook. We're going to buy that hook and we're going to go minus 120. You can find that on ESPN. I'm sure it's the same on DraftKings as well, though. You're just buying the hook. So um, we're going to put a full unit on it because we did buy the hook there. So a half a unit on a buy like that is, you know, you're just getting diminishing returns there. So we're going to buy the full point, or we're going to get a full unit on that one. I like the Jayhawks a lot. We talked about it last week, but Cincinnati, not really used to a Power 5 schedule where you're getting beat up every single week with those level of athletes. Kansas is a hammer of an offense, and I think they're going to run the ball on Cincinnati really, really effectively, even if it is their third-string quarterback. He played well against uh, Kansas State. Kansas actually covered. That was one of our best bets last week. I thought that Jason Bean was going to be back for that game. He ended up not being back. So as soon as that happened, I kind of counted it as a loss uh, with just kind of my fingers crossed. Turns out the Jayhawks really, really fought back there. Um, and they were leading for a decent amount of that game. Or, you know, it was a one-score game. Jayhawks were always kind of in the mix of it. That money line bet felt solid for for a little bit there. Um, Kansas State ended up fighting back, getting the win. So the Kansas money line bet was over right then and there. But, you know, plus 10, easy, easy money for Kansas. Um, Only other bet we lost last week was UCF at Texas Tech. We had Texas Tech minus two and a half. That was rough because... UCF scores a touchdown uh, 
to be only down one point, send this game into overtime with an extra point. They missed the extra point. I didn't see the play. I don't know what happened, but brutal, brutal, because that Tech minus two and a half. We get into overtime. It is very, very much alive, obviously. Field goal uh, covers that two and a half number, or obviously a touchdown as well. So that was a tough loss as well, but overall we had a pretty, pretty good week. Um, That is kind of all I have for us this week. Those are all the plays I got. That's all I have on the kind of look-ahead game. Next week should be a completely normal week for us here at Texas Talk. So we will be back most likely on Wednesday or Thursday to give you that Texas Tech recap. I'm sure by then we will know who is in the Big 12 championship game because there are reportedly like 120 variations to how this Big 12 championship game can be played depending on who wins and who loses this weekend. I don't know how that's even possible. Um, but apparently, according to the Big 12 League office, it is. So hopefully Texas just wins, and, and they're in, no doubt about it. And then we'll kind of see who they play in the Big 12 championship game and see how we can prepare for that. So that's all I have for you. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Very, very thankful for all the listeners. Uh, I would also be thankful if you kind of let your family members know about the podcast uh, uh, as well. So thank you all for listening. And as always, hook them.